0: Uh, G'day mortgage holders I just thought I'd scare the shit out of you this morning I just uh, got out of bed and I had a couple of things I was thinking about um, and I found an article last night on uh, Zero Hedge which we'll get into in a minute by Tyler Durden of course Um, a couple of years ago I Heard that Michael Burry, the guy that shorted the U.S. stock market and, and uh, against the banks and made a, a few hundred billion dollars or whatever in the 08 crisis, because he could see the subprime mortgage uh, market in trouble and uh, no one else could, or well, anyone that could um, didn't want to talk about it. But anyway, and uh, made a shitload of money. Now he a couple of years ago he shorted. He st- I heard that he was shorting Canadian and Australian banks. And the reason he was doing this is because of the over leverage in the Australian and the Canadian uh, mortgage market. And we've heard that uh, cities in Canada—I'm not too familiar with them all—you know, Montreal and and Calgary and places like that—were uh, extremely overpriced when when it comes to real estate very very overbought and um and places like sydney australia were extremely high in in uh, terms of gdp and net worth and and uh, years wages to buy a property that sort of thing uh they were extremely high so he was he's shorting them shorting the system so because he knows it's gonna go back the other way also just end of last year maybe early this year we heard of it started in China basically, the, um, the collapse of Evergrande and Fantasia and, and other developing companies that, that just had tons and tons and tons of debt um, and, and it was becoming unpayable. They couldn't pay their commercial paper, they couldn't pay their uh, tradespeople. And so they've, they've been nationalized only to the point that they, well, they're totally bankrupt so they're just nationalized by the government uh, to you know see out and, and uh, make and, and use taxpayers funds to, to finish off the last building or so and then scrap the rest that were on the plans and tell all the creditors they're not not going to get their money back. So that that's been happening in China for six t- 12 months. I'm not sure exactly how long but I mean, I've just forgotten to to talk about it because I've watched it so closely all the time. I just uh, forget that not not everyone sees it, not everyone reads all this stuff. Um, we've we've had we've got other crises going on. We before, <coughs> excuse me, I just got out of bed. Uh, before um, anyone was worried about housing, I mean, Turkey ran out of foreign currency, and. Uh, it's ongoing the 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 crisis there you know they were turning their power off because they couldn't afford to buy it in before uh, all these stupid sanctions came on to to russia and that sort of thing you know sri lanka sri lanka's rioting and and burning the place to the ground and kicking out the politicians that have basically you know raped and pillaged them for long enough they, they've got oil tankers sitting off the coast full of full of oil uh to to bring into the country to keep the 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 engine room of the economy going and they haven't got any us dollars to pay it you know that that's another story but you know little bushfires coming up everywhere all over the world uh and i've been telling people for seven years look out we're in trouble there's a big crash coming so what I didn't know in two thousand and fifteen was, you usually you need a boom before you have a another boom before you have a final crash sort of thing. Some people are saying we're going to have another blow off top, we're going to go up again. I mean, we're all t- we're talking in in dollar terms. This up and down, this up, is, is it doesn't really mean anything to me anymore. I just care how many ounces of gold to buy a property, um, and we'll talk. We could talk about that on another podcast. So. So I just want to talk to you. Uh, so I went to Zero Hedge and I, and I had a look and here's Tyler Durden, of course. Um, I'll just read out what he's got to say here. And this is, this is American centric, but it's, it, it rings true in Australia as well. We see Sydney and Melbourne um, property prices starting to drop now. We see interest rates going up like they were before the GFC and um, people starting to struggle to pay their mortgages um, so this is, you know, most things in the U.S. you can read it out and it's fairly, you know, it, uh, it rhymes in Australia as well. So just ignore some of the, some of the, the uh, percentages and things like that might be a bit out, but it's a, it's a similar idea. It's same thing's going on here. Here we go. A little over a month ago when mortgage rates were still only 5%, we shared several devastating anecdotes from real estate a- agents and industry execs who validated our worst fears. U.S. housing was imploding fast, with subsequent observations only confirming this dire conclusion about the state of the most popular asset class among the U.S. middle class. Fast forward to this week when things have gone from worse to catastrophic because the 30-year mortgage rate soaring at the fastest pace on record to above 6% or levels last seen just before the housing bubble burst sending the average mortgage payment up on a median mortgage by almost $800 in the past six months, making housing the most unaffordable in history, sending new home sales plunging at the fastest pace since the peak of the uh, Cervasa sickness after the longest uh, negative streak since 2010. I mean, I've been telling people for ages... uh, you know, we're still in the 08 crisis. They just kicked it down the road, blew it up a lot worse. You know, so we're, here we are now. And homebuyer sentiment imploding to the lowest level in generations. I might have just read that out. Uh, which brings us to the latest housing market summaries from real estate brokerage Redfin, which are not pretty. The first shows that after the period of unprecedented gains for home prices and a, f- a uniformly seller's market has flipped. And I've felt this lately in this local area here in far north Queensland. Everyone wants to run to the country and we've got uh, nothing left on the market and everyone's boarded up and there's mobs of buyers waiting. Yeah, well, those mobs of buyers are dwindling because they, they've just lost 15 to 20% off their, their super portfolio. They're those 65-year-old, 70-year-old buyers that had a, you know, had a decent amount in their super, they've just, they're 15 to 20% poorer this year since the start of the year. Because all their super is in Netflix and Google and Amazon and Facebook and all that, and Bitcoin. Who knows? Well, it won't be in Bitcoin, but who knows what? And and it's all disintegrating. The ASX is down 15 percent. The the um, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I think it's well the S and P 500. One of the twos down about 20 percent since the start of the year. So just you know, it just gets wiped off the balance sheet. You know, you've you've lost a few zeros there. Sorry, buddy. You know, that's it. You you can't buy so much real estate. So we're starting to see less people come to open homes, less inquiries coming in, which is a market I'm used to, a market I'm used to listing a house and taking nine months to sell it. That's that's how it was before, you know, everything went crazy. We were a a slow, linear, steady market where you needed quite a few listings sometimes because uh, only one of them was going to sell at any stage. But... uh, That that's all been cleaned out, and we have just helped mobs of buyers. But the the buyer mobs are are dwindling fast because of one reason is because of those super funds losing their value. Um, And and we're only we're only 20% into this. I mean, this I I think this is going this is the big one, and some some a lot of companies in the uh, ASX are going to go broke. So you just lose everything that you invested in them. Um, and, and if you've just got an index, if your super's just in an index or your super's wherever it is, if it's not managed by you and you don't know where it is, you can be sure that that fund manager doesn't really know uh, how bad this is gonna get. So I, I digress. Anyway, the first shows that after a period of unprecedented gains for home prices and uniformly a seller's market has flipped and according to Redfin, the highest share of sellers on record dropped their list price during the four weeks ending to June the 12th, as mortgage rates shot up to levels not seen since 2008, collapsing the pool of potential home shoppers. In Austin, Texas and Nashville, Tennessee metro areas, the share of new construction offerings with price cuts has quadrupled from a year earlier, according to Redfin. They tripled in Phoenix and doubled in Tampa, Florida in the Tampa, Florida region. Uh, we are in a different place. The builder can no longer name a price and say pay pay it or move along, uh, said Nicole Freer, a Houston agent who has slashed prices by $2,000 to $20,000 on homes she lists for builders. They're telling us our managers have allowed us to negotiate again. Still, despite the clear cracks in the, house, in the housing, home buying has never been more expensive. Due to delays in pricing, the The typical buyer with a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is looking at monthly payments of $2,514 up from $1,692 a year ago. Now that's about a thousand bucks a month more. But those who remain in the market may notice they face less competition from other buyers. Homes are more likely to sit on the market for a few weeks compared to last year when they would go under contract within a week and home prices are being bid up less often than they were earlier in the spring. The housing market isn't crashing, but it is experiencing a hangover as it comes down from an unsustainable high, said Redfin Deputy Chief Economist Taylor Marr. Housing demand has already cooled significantly to the point that the industry has begun facing layoffs. This week, rate hikes will further stretch home buyers' budgets to the point that many more may be priced out. While a lot of uh, home sellers are already dropping their prices, more homeowners will likely decide to stay put now that the mortgage rate on a new home is significantly higher than their current one. If it weren't for the surge in mortgage rates, the housing market would still be in a boom right now, said Redfin Bay Area real estate agent James Capello. Demand from home buyers was still extremely high as recently as February, but rates are making it really tough. Going from 3% to nearly 6% almost instantly has scared a lot of people out of the market. There's more. In a subsequent report, uh, Redfin reports that competition for existing inventory is collapsing with a 57.8% of home offers written by Redfin agents facing competition on a seasonally adjusted basis in May, the lowest level since February 2021. That's down sharply from a revised rate of 60.9% one month earlier and a pandemic peak of 68.8% one year earlier and marks the fourth consecutive monthly decline. On an unadjusted basis, May's bidding war rate was 60.8%, down from 67.8% in April and 71.8% in May. As a result of the declining competition, the typical home in a bidding war received th- 5.3 offers in May, down from 6.8 in April and 7.4 in May 2021. Homes are now getting 1 to 3 offers compared with 5 to 10 two months ago and as many as 25 to 30 six months ago. And I can say that, but just break off from the, the article, I can say the same for myself. We are seeing instead of five or four or five people fighting over one acreage property, we're, we're just getting the one offer. It's fairly close to the asking price, or it is, um, but it's not Yeah, a, bio, a, a frenzy of buyers fighting for a property and offering more. Uh, offers also aren't coming in as high above the list price as before. I recently listed a three-bedroom, three-bathroom home in a super-cute neighborhood for $399,900. It ended up going under contract for $12,000 above the list price with an inspection. Whereas three months ago, a buyer probably would have paid $60,000 over the asking price and waived the building and pest inspection. In light of the above, it is not surprising that today Bloomberg reports that the fast-rising mortgage rates in dec- the fastest-rising mortgage rates in decades. Have cooled demand so abruptly in many hotspots that it took the industry by surprise. Builders that were artificially limiting sales and auctioning houses to the highest bidder now have infantry to move. So I'll probably st- I'll probably stop there, guys, and that's about enough uh, reading out of the article. Um, so it's just deja vu. We're we're back in two thousand and eight, uh, where you know that the, the, the central bankers are telling us the uh, the economy is just bubbling along just nicely and nothing nothing to see here what did, what did uh, ben Bernanke f- famously say um the problems in the subprime mortgage market appear to be contained yeah it's well they're being we're being told everything appears to be contained at the moment it's just i think we've had the minsky moment i think we've gone straight up in the air we've had the over exuberance We've, we've had the, um, you know, uh, the, the bubble has popped. Um, it feels like the bubble's popped again. And so it should and it never should have been blown up. Um, only the subprime is everywhere. The subprime is in the construction. Well, construction companies in Australia are going broke, hand over fist or instead of going broke they're just pulling back and saying we're we're having a rest we're not going to build any houses we don't know what the materials are going to cost we don't know how to make a profit at the moment this is a crazy volatile shit market and this is the this is the crack-up boom that Ludwig von Mises writes about this is the moment where the volatility is who knows what you buy some timber at one price one day, and it drops or goes up the next day, and you, no one knows whether, whether they're going to ha- you know going to be able to afford to buy potatoes at the end of it. So you just pull back and go, "Whoa, it's like a snake pit there," and and uh, everything is out of whack and distorted. So uh, I listened to um, Michael this morning, Australian YouTuber. I've forgotten now, uh, Michael. Michael invests and tries to make money, he used to be called, but now he just uses his name. Um, and he was warning about um, bank bail-ins. They've already written all the legislation to make it, you know, so that you, that you can be bailed in. So you, you have a million dollars in the bank and you get told you can have, you know, a hundred dollars a day out and that's it. So that's coming. That's coming down the track at us. And is it gonna be? Is it going to be your transaction? Have you, you know, you, you do a deal with somebody, uh, they offer to, you know, buy, buy your, your, your farm for a million dollars, and um, right in the middle of it, we get these bail ins. So I suppose that's not, as long as we got the still got the electricity on for the moment. What's going to happen when, when you know, maybe maybe they'll just say, well, that's all right. There's only digits moving around. We're, we're you know, we're okay with that. You just can't get any cash out. That's what it's about. It's, when we talk about getting money out of the bank. What are we talking about? Well, we've got some digits in there, and we're, and we're going to try and draw some cash. Well, if you, tr- I mean, I've done the, I've done another podcast about this. The Australian bail-in has begun. Where you're already struggling to get cash out, and and if everyone wanted to go and get their cash out tomorrow, you know what would happen. I mean, you, they, they, they tell you you can only have five grand or ten grand or something in cash, see? So there's already a bail-in going on. Oh, it's okay if you want to move these digits and put those digits on someone else's digits. That's all right. But, but you can't have the cash, you know? So the frightening thing is... That, this time it's probably going to be different a little bit. I'm not a this time it's different guy. I'm a, I'm a this time it'll rhyme with 08 and and 2000 and and but this time it'll rhyme with 1929. Well, what happens when the when all the banks freeze up and and uh, nothing wants to move and they they declare a bank holiday and you're in the middle of a real estate transaction you've just sold a you know, someone's just sold a property and they're waiting for it to settle in Brisbane and they're buying a property in Cairns and they're waiting for that to settle and they've come up to the tablelands and they're buying another property and that's waiting to settle and everything freezes up. What happens there? Everyone just goes, well, sorry, I've got to stay here. Or do the banks allow that transaction to go through and then just tell the, tell the retail, the average man on the street, well, sorry, you just can't get your cash out. That's probably going to be the start of it, but you know, you'd be a little bit scared about doing a transaction in a, in a system that's so on the, on the verge of collapse or collapsing right now. So, yeah. What, what would be really good for the system is, is for this system to crash, is for this system to absolutely fall to bits and, and we find another way to do our transactions, basically. Because, uh, yeah, there, I think there'll be a lot of resistance to the CBDCs and, you know, people won't want to use them, especially myself. So that's, that's the day when you might just say, well, if I can't take my hard-earned out of the bank in cash and you're going to direct me where, where I can, what I can do with it, that means that I worked for you last week, not me. So maybe I won't work anymore. Maybe I'll stop. Because uh, I don't like what I'm getting paid in. You're going to have to come up with something better than that before I start working again. I think that's the way I'll probably play it. You freeze me up. Well, you know, that's what I worked for, so I stop working now. No more. You don't get any more. I can survive for a long time. Thank you very much. Without any of your shit, bullshit money. So... Anyway, that's what's going on, ladies and gentlemen. I would be frightened. I would be frightened in in um, if I if I had a, a a lot of my net worth in sitting in cash, waiting for the stock market to crash. You know, we are all doing that a lot. Well, a lot of us are doing that. We're we're holding cash back to buy the bargains. Um, but the cash is losing its value so quickly, and I distrust the system so much that. You know, my cash is, is silver and gold, that's my cash. So, you know, if there's gonna be a market later on for me to buy into, then there has to be a market for me to sell silver and gold. And if there's no market to buy into, then at least I'm not holding my, my life's savings in, in just a few digits on a mobile phone that won't work unless I plug it into the wall. You know, I'm so I'm so detached from my wealth that I have to have, you know, a power company or or a solar standalone solar to charge my phone, and then and then the um, the company that s- supplies the internet and the towers and everything needs electricity for those towers. If that all gets turned, if that all get, gets, it's going into disarray now. I look at the government's interfering in the energy market so much that it's a, that it's a broken mess so you've got this now all this two-step verification rubbish you know it's very very hard to get hold of your your life savings right now it's very hard to do anything with it now because you you're you've if you've if you've left it in a a financial institution you've handed it over to someone else to control you with so you know (laughs) i shouldn't say be frightened because there's opportunities to be had here, and uh, fear is fear is the killer. It's fear itself. Nothing to fear but fear itself. I think Roosevelt said that. I was going to talk about, yeah, George Gammon. He, I was listening to him the other night, and he was saying he's mates with um, Robert Kiyosaki and Kenny McElroy and all those guys that are like super real estate investors that do $70 million deals in one hit, you know? and he was saying that they all put down a, well, uh, he knows several of them, there's about 20 of them, and they're all involved in deals all the time, and they, they put down a $1 million deposit that's non-refundable. So they say, hey, we, we got skin in the game, we want to get this deal done, we'll give you a million dollars, and this is like a $70 million deal, right? So in, in the last couple of weeks, he was talking to, to Kenny McElroy the other night, and Kenny was saying that him and all his mates have all pulled out of deals and lost a million dollars um, just because of the, the way that, that things are panning out. They've, they've decided not to go ahead and buy a, a, an apartment block um, that'll generate a lot of income because they realise that a lot of those tenants won't be able to pay the rent and that, you know, it will be a bad investment if they buy it at that price. So they've, they've forfeited, a lot of them, have forfeited a million dollars in the last couple of weeks and pulled out of transactions that they normally would go ahead with just because of what's happening in the market today. And that, that's, that's just another sign. There's so many blaring signs out there. It's screaming at you, you know, that, that, we're, that we're ready for the, for the biggest crash of our lifetime. It's very exciting. Then we get a heap of war after that and some dictators and all sorts of rubbish. But um, it's, it's quite exciting to, to be sitting here watching history unfold. Anyway, I rambled on long enough. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you on the next one.